welcome to the next session of our community groups on 12 ways your phone is changing you. We have taken a little break for spring break and Easter and are getting started again this week. So I'm really excited to be back into it. And uh, this session, we have a little recap planned. Um, so for this week, what we're going to do is go over some of the ways that our phone is changing you from the previous weeks and then get us ready to finish out the series over the next, um, next few weeks before summer begins. So as we think about this, 12 ways your phone is changing you, I want you to think about this question. Is your phone a positive or negative force in your life? You say, Pastor Jay, that's a, that's a good question. And I think we can all immediately think of ways that our phone is positive. Um, you know, some of the, the things that we do, we're more organized. Um, we can stay in touch better. You know, over the last few years, the need for um, FaceTime and video calls was, was kind of greater than ever before. And you're like, oh yeah, it's positive. But then on the same hand, we can think about, oh boy, there's a lot of ways that my phone just drives me crazy. And I think to answer that question, the, the, the first thing that came to my mind, is your phone a positive or negative force in your life? Have you ever wanted to throw your phone into the lake? <laughs> Have you ever just wanted to take your phone and throw it out the window of the car, just driving you crazy? And I think many of us would say, okay, yes, there, there have been times where I've wanted to just, just throw that thing in the trash can. And, and so that would answer the question, definitely, my phone can be a negative force in my life. So for, for this week, the point is do you control your phone or does your phone control you? So if you've got the worksheet and you're filling out the blanks, it's do you control your phone or does your phone control you? Smartphones are dangerous and useful at the same time. Uh, how many of you use some kind of knife almost daily? I carry a pocket knife and I use it all the time. It's handy, it's a tool. Knives are useful for many things, but knives can also ruin your life. Knives can technically end your life. It's, it's a tool that when used appropriately is very beneficial and useful. In the same light, it's a tool that when it's used inappropriately can be detrimental and, and extremely harmful. So as we think about that, we need to think about our phones as a tool. What are some of the dangers of smartphones? And, and you think about, okay, um, you know, there, there's a lot of dangers. The, the endless notifications, it can be a money pit. It, it can tether us to our work. It gives us access to sinful things. It, it, it can be a window to unquenchable desires. So, so there's a lot of dangers, but then what are the benefits? What are the benefits of our smartphone? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're way more organized if we use some of those tools. Our, we're connected to distant family, friends, relatives. We're connected to information that we wouldn't have previously. You know, we're able to ask the internet a question about some just the most random things and in a matter of seconds we get a response to our question. The book 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You is by Tony Rinke and it identifies 12 powerful ways our, our smartphones have changed us. If you have not been with us for the first eight weeks, I would encourage you to go back and, and, and listen to those sessions. They are fantastic. But what we're gonna do, let, let's say you don't have time for that, what we're doing this week is just a quick recap. So we're gonna give you an overview of the previous weeks and then prepare us for the, the remainder as we finish this out. So if you don't have time to go back and do that, that's fine, we've got you covered tonight. But if there's any way you can make, make it a priority, make it a point to go back and listen to those, I think you would really, really enjoy them. 
Tony Rinke in his book really calls us to cultivate wise thinking and healthy habits in the digital age. I know a lot of times, you know, when, when there's things in our lives that can be a struggle, we just, we tend to want to throw them away. And when we, f- we first started this study, one of the things we discussed is we live in a world and we have to live and interact with our smartphones. For many of us in business, there is no way around it. We have to navigate this tool. So it's not about just, just, you know, doing away with it. It's how do we cultivate healthy habits in this age? And ultimately, we need godly wisdom. We need this wisdom when we navigate many areas of our life, but specifically with technology. James chapter 1 verse 5 is a powerful, powerful verse, and you've probably heard it before. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. This is an area of our lives where we desperately need wisdom, especially parents with teenagers, with preteens. Like, we need wisdom to navigate these waters. We need to know what's best and when and how and what's appropriate for our children. It, just as individuals, as adults, we need wisdom to know what apps we should and shouldn't use. We need discernment. And, and the Bible says that if we lack that wisdom, we can ask God and He will give generously. So here's a review of the first eight ways our phone have changed us and the godly wisdom we can apply. The first week we talked about we are addicted to distractions. We use our phones to distract us from other people, from work, and even from God. As Christians, we have to make a commitment to phone-free time where we can focus on God and others. We also talked about in week two, we ignore our own flesh and blood. Whether we're texting and driving or sending angry emails to coworkers, it's our responsibility to love our neighbors no matter if it's digitally or physically. Week three, we talked about we crave immediate approval. We may not want to admit it, but we do crave approval in some form. And it's often easiest to find that through likes or views online. Make it a priority to find your worth and approval in Christ alone. The fourth way, we lose our literacy. We lose our literacy. This was a great session because there are some studies pointing to this. Smartphones have made us good at skimming, but not comprehending. Be a Christian that invests your highest level of concentration in understanding the Bible. And this may mean for some of us that we need to read our physical Bible, actual pages of books, rather than digital ones. And that may be the easiest way to help us with that. Week five, we talked about how we feed on the produced. God created everything in this world to direct our attention towards him. However, digital creators have taken God's creation and filtered it through their own biases. Now, this can be good or bad, but it's important that we use godly wisdom when viewing things produced by man. Week six, we talked about how we become like what we like. (laughs) We become like what we like. We're all conforming to something. And, 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 and this idea is that we shouldn't fall in love with an image of ourselves that doesn't reflect Christ. Week seven was, was kind of a sad one. And the point, the, the, the way that our phone is changing us was we get lonely. Don't let digital technology fill up all of the silent gaps of your life. And don't use your phone as a shield. Engage with others around you. Be physically present with the people that you're near and engage with those folks when you're together. 
Week eight, we talked about how we get comfortable in secret vices. Technology makes it easier than ever to find pornography and to participate in secret sins like cheating or overspending. Christians must have safeguards in place to protect themselves. Again, we need to ask God to give us wisdom in all of these areas. So if we were to take out our phones right now and check the screen time usage on your phone, what apps do you spend the most time on? You know, I, you, you, if you have an iPhone like me, you get a little notification once a week, and, it, and, and, and you can go seek out the, the little um, screen time app and see how much time you're spending on what. Man, that's a wake-up call sometimes, isn't it? But when you think about the unproductive reasons why we use our phone, John Piper says they can fit into these six buckets. And he calls them, the, there's three candy motives, and there's three avoidance motives that act as lures to our smartphone. So, so we've got these three things, or these six things, three of each on your worksheet, and you can write those down. The first one is novelty candy. <laughs> novelty candy. Essentially, we want to know what's new in the world with our friends, with our family, you know, with, with the pages we like. We want to know what's new, and we don't want to miss out that FOMO. We have this fear of missing, and that's the novelty candy one. The second bucket is ego candy. We want to know what people are saying about us and how they are responding to the things that we've said and posted. This, this, this feeds into our ego, and that's the ego candy bucket. The third one here is entertainment candy. We want to be fascinated. We want to be impressed. We want to be weirded out or shocked. We want to be entertained. And that's one of the other ways and reasons why we pull out our phone. Now the next three are avoidance. So, so the first one is boredom avoidance. We want to put off the day ahead, especially if it's boring or routine or mundane. Next is responsibility avoidance. We want to put off the burdens of the roles that God has called us to fathers, mothers, employees, bosses, students. We, we have a job that we need to do. We have responsibilities, and many times we pull out our phone just to avoid those things. The last one here is the hardship avoidance. <laughs> we want to put off dealing with relational conflicts or pain or disease or disabilities of our bodies. There, there are difficult things in our life, things that we struggle with, things that we don't want to think about. And oftentimes we grab our phone just to avoid thinking through those things. So which of these attractions, which of these six buckets are you most prone to? Is it the candy side or the avoidance side? What, what are some spiritual truths that could help us gain freedom from those attractions, from those draws to our phone? You know, I, I want us to think about it in, in, in light of the gospel. And one of the beautiful things in Ephesians, we're encouraged when we replace something or remove something sinful in our lives, we replace it with something good. We replace a, a, a bad thing with, with a good thing. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And here, to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This concept of put off and put on, it's the best way to deal with these things. When we have something in our lives that needs to be removed, it's got to be replaced. And we can easily do that in many ways. So, so how are we going to do that? What are we going to replace 
those, those, those novelty candy, ego candy, entertainment, boredom, responsibility avoidance, hardship avoidance, th- those things that, that cause us to reach into our pocket and pull out our phone and become distracted, what do we replace them with? So we have to stop worrying about what others say about us on social media and start thinking about who God says we are. We have to stop slacking in our responsibilities and start relying on God's power working through us. So we think about, you know, these things. We've we've had a 12 ways tip in each session. And so the 12 ways tip is how can you do a better job of controlling your phone usage rather than your phone controlling you? And I thought it would be a really, really good idea. Maybe you can revisit some of the previous 12 ways tips. Some of those things we just kind of challenge you to do for the week or try it once or twice. And some of those were probably really effective for you. I know personally, just the idea of, of not getting out my phone and being on technology for the first hour of the day has been so refreshing. So, so as we think about those first eight weeks of our tips, let's, let's maybe use one of those to help apply this today. So how do we do a better job of controlling our phone usage? Well, let's try one of these things. Week one, we said commit to some phone-free time. Just set up some specific time where you use do not disturb or you leave your phone in the other room. Week two, we talked about maybe handing your phone to somebody else or waiting until the next day before you send an email or a text. Week three, we discussed the idea of limiting our social media usage, maybe turning off the alerts or fasting from social media for a day or two a week. Week four, we talked about being committed to reading a physical Bible or or, or devotion book. Actually read a Bible with pages and just see how it changes. Just see how your comprehension and your study of the Word changes. Week five, we said plan a part of your day when you can enjoy God's creation without your phone. Get outside. See what God has created. Look at the things he's made that all point us back to him. Week six, we said set boundaries for phone usage in your home, like no phones in the bedrooms or no phones at mealtimes. Maybe try one of those things. Week seven, again, this is one of my favorites. I've applied it and I have been successful of of continuing this on. Do not look at your phone within one hour of waking up. Give yourself an hour in the morning without a device. It is awesome. Week eight, we talked about praying that God would protect our eyes and our hearts from digital garbage and instead help us to see God's glory and and help us to grow our faith and our walk with Him. Our smartphones are a balancing act. As the online world is growing global and growing mobile, new opportunities for careers and, and even more importantly, for opportunities for sharing the gospel are opening to us. And this is all part of the, the technology that God has blessed us with. But with all of the good, there's still so much danger and so much evil that we have to be careful for. The change this week, wise living in the smartphone age requires understanding complex issues. May we find ways to use digital tools to further the gospel of Jesus Christ.